Lairon. Blog Talk Radio. Let your power fall when your name is called. Prove the doubters wrong. God, you're still mine and strong. So fight this battle for me and help my That you have won again. Let your power flow. With your name is called. Woo, the down and roll. Hallelujah. Ah, yeah. You're still mighty.
Amen. I can't wait to tell all of my friends how God has won time and time again. Whoop, whoop. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Cassandra Baker-Durham, with yet another episode of Fully Persuaded About Faith. Can I just say hallelujah? Can I just say thank you, Jesus? Can I just lift up my hands and give him the glory, honor, and the praise to be here tonight? Oh, what a mighty God we serve. So, um, you know, we made it back. Everything is good. Life is good. Um, so glad to be on the air with you tonight. The 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 pastor that's going to be on the air with me tonight is just totally off the chain. But let me go ahead and do the introductions first, <laughs> and then I'm going to come back with Pastor Leron Atkinson, okay? So Fully Persuaded is a power-packed one-hour weekly broadcast delivering Christ-centered messages. Say it with me, Christ-centered messages to inspire, uplift, and equip those looking for a deeper Richer relationship with God. Fully Persuaded is a unique blend of talk show, teleclass, laying on of hands, prayer and session, whatever you need to increase your faith, build spiritual endurance, and initiate positive change. Whoop, whoop. Okay, so check this out, right? Um, probably some months ago, um, I don't know who did it, someone shared a post Pastor Atkinson made, and I have never laughed so hard in my life. But after I stopped laughing, I started thinking about what he said, and it messed me up. And I was like, I got to, I got to send him a friend request. And so I did. And in that process, I also sent his wife. His wife um, he has a lovely wife, so don't y'all be inboxing him and carrying on and acting crazy, because I know how y'all do. Um, um, it wasn't long I sent her one as well, and we hope to have her on the show um, one of these days. But Pastor Axon is also the good pastor of the Periscope Tabernacle on Facebook. Um, he, he's 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 a, a phenomenal man of God, and we're gonna laugh a little bit tonight. I'm sure she's also gonna minister to your very soul. So, without further ado, let's bring our man Laron Atkinson on on front. Woohoo! How you doing? I am great. I am great. I'm great. Um, it is a privilege and an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me as a guest today. I'm elated. Listen, you messes me up. <laughs> not real formal right here, but I'm telling you. You know what? You Every time you post, you almost make me crazy. Because it's <laughs> comical at first, but it's the honest to God truth. And I love how you deliver God's word with humor, but it's the truth. You're going to get cut now. You know how you get cut? You get to laugh it. <laughs> and then words settle. You're going to get cut. So tell us a little bit about yourself tonight. Well, um, let's see. Where do I begin? Um, I'm 35. I have uh, been married uh, this year, 12 years. I have one kid. The name of Miss Brooke. She's seven years old. She'll be eight, November the 2nd. Uh, I have been in ministry now. I've actually been preaching almost 20 years. I started at 15, teenage years. Um, I have uh, been in many different countries uh, doing what I do, Um, traveling for years. I am in full-time ministry, been pastoring now for uh, eight years, Uh, been on the road quite heavily, consistently since the age of 22 um, in eight different countries, including our own. 
um, doing what thus saith the Lord. I have been graced to meet some of uh, our country and some varying countries, some of the uh, premier frontline leaders, and to preach for them, to minister for them, sit with them, their families, and um, to consistently maintain you know, great relationships with uh, people who I came up listening to, hearing, and mm. um, I've been around for a while, and it, it takes a lot. So My God, my God. Man of God, let me that. ask you this. Oh, sure. Let me ask you this. You, um, you said that you, beginning, you began ministering at age 15. So yes. tell us a little about your faith journey. How did, how did you get here? Well, I uh, didn't grow up in church. I'm not a, you know, church baby. I um, was uh, visiting a church on, you know, the basic holidays, Christmas, Mother's Day, et cetera. That was the type of <laughs> um, early experience that I had with church. And um, I looked maybe about, about 12, my mother started going to, you know, more charismatic Pentecostal church where they shouted and shook and did all that stuff. And I was then forced to go into an environment that was a bit uh, uh, more consistent. Uh, we, you know, I did go to service, but I was a, a, a troubled kid. I mean, I was a class clown. I still had that same personality. I was in trouble uh, quite a bit. And when uh, I was coming into that environment where they shouted and danced and were slain and all of those things, it was new. It was uh, kind of interesting in, in one regard because I hadn't seen it before. And I thought that it was a bit over-dramatized, uh, unrealistic, and people were just being deep, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Well, long story short, uh, I'd gotten in some trouble with the law, the good law, the real law. <laughs> and uh, myself and some of my crazy friends, because I was always in trouble. I was a fighter. I'm a lot more polished than I, than I used to be. So I, I learned <laughs> how to talk, all that other stuff. But I was a little hood and um, always into something. I wasn't a follower. I was a ringleader always, and we were always in fights doing something crazy. And um, myself and probably about six other friends got in some trouble, and uh, I was at the helm of it. I tried prayer, which is Mm -hmm. what I was seeing done. I tried it. Prayer worked. I don't even know how it happened. It It was definitely miraculous that the very places I was, my name never got mentioned, never showed up. Um, my other friends were locked up, mm. shipped away. Um, you name it, it happened. And mm. it was a downward spiral. I never showed up to – I didn't even make it to court. When, when everything got called out, I was, I was in the clear. Mm. By the mm-hmm. grace of God, solely, that I made it out. And – Based upon me praying that prayer, that if you if you real like they say you are, then you're gonna to have to show me and do this. And he did exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that is what started my faith journey. My God, that's when I my that's God. when I believed. Jesus, let me ask you. Um, okay, can I just go ahead and ask you what I want to ask you? Absolutely, go for it. You know, okay. And I know this is rehashing issues for some people, but um, I want to talk about Leandria. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. And her let, me, let me have a let me let me have a drink. Let me have a drink. Okay. 
Now. <laughs> Let's go for it. Let's go for it. So, <laughs> oh, and you, and let me tell you why I'm asking you this because you gave the best explanation I had heard on that Periscope in forever, especially when you start talking about what the Bible says about judging. Mm-hmm. So let me say this. Let me let me preface it so neither one of us will get some dirty emails and all that other stuff. Um, oh, so, I don't mind. I give, them, I give dirty emails right back. Let's go for see? it. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason we're having this Leandria conversation is because um, we need to. So I know some of y'all going to be mad at me, and it's okay because y'all, y'all, y'all know me. So um, we also, the Periscope fiasco, and so many people were all up in arms about um, we shouldn't judge her, we shouldn't have anything to say about it, blah, 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 blah. Of course, um, I think that when you're naming the name of Christ, we have to be accountable. Um, and, and, and we can't do what we want to do. But I'm going to let you have it. I'm, 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 I'm just going to ask you to talk about this Leandria craziness. Uh, uh, and, I, and I'm just going to let you run with it. Okay, I'll run with it. Um, I saw the video. I saw both videos. There was a video before the video. People who were making comments or statements saw the video clip that was an edited version. But the video that she originally did on Periscope lasted for about a couple of hours. So this was hours of carrying on. Uh, It was very intentional. wanted it to be seen. She was doing it, saying, give me hearts, give me more, more hearts, do more hearts, I'll do this, I'll do that, the other. So she was, in her mind, she was making, um, and she even said this in her interview that she did, she wanted people to see a side of her that was, she wanted to show the real side. This is where she was, this is her process. Um, Issue that I have with it is, and it's not even a a Leandria thing, is uh, a matter of who we represent. We represent Christ. Not only is she a Christian, she's a gospel artist, she's also a pastor. And Mm. um, let's just talk on just a very basic level. Um, There were so many components in there, and I didn't go into all the components of it because I didn't want it to seem like a bash Leandria segment. But Mm -hmm. if you saw the video, there were moments in there, I'll do this on on the radio post, uh, where even her her kids were coming like, you know, what is it now? You know, what are you drinking? What are you having? Where just as, Mm. as a parent, there's certain things as a parent, that you don't want your children to be exposed to because we're adults, they're children, that Mm. just decisions that you want to make that have long-term effects where Mm -hmm. you're doing something so much where even your children are recognizing that this is a problem and then the children are having to try to, you know, bring some type of resolve to the parenting, all of Mm. those things speak to a louder problem. So for those who are applauding and saying, you know, don't judge her, we can't say anything, let's just pray, I want all the people who say, let's just pray, you just shut up. All this, let's just pray, is one of the most asinine responses that you can come up with. It is a passive way of addressing aggressive situations. Mm. Um, We cannot just pray. Jesus didn't just pray. He prayed Mm. when there was um, something that that blocked his, 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 or skewed, or inhabilitated him in some way. He would walk on water. There were so many other things he mm-hmm. did besides just pray, just, 
there are actions that you have to do. The problem with what, what Leandra did, and, and I said this on my Periscope video, if you guys are not following me on Periscope, my name on Periscope is A-T-K-N-U-P, acting up on Periscope, um, is the image that it gives to everybody else. Mm. All of the people who have been involved in scandals, just to take just save folk alone, just to save folk have been involved in some type of scandal, some type of, 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 of media nightmare, um, the list goes on from, from, from Bishop this one to Pastor that one to Psalmist such and such. Everybody that had some type of issue got caught. How mm. the heck, or if I was Facebook friends, how the hell are you <laughs> going to take a camera and put a camera on yourself and videotape your sins for the whole world to see? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is asinine. It's, it's crazy. It's ludicrous. Mm-hmm. No one is perfect, including me. I would not take a phone and videotape myself in sin. I mean, what are we going to come to next? And say, you know, that's where she is. That's her process. Well, what's next? Are we going to have gospel artists, Christian preachers, videotaping themselves having sex? I mean, mm. really, what are we going to come to? I mean, I could be married and say, you know what? Me and my wife are going to just make a video, and we're going to have um, Holy Ghost porn, and we're going to videotape it. Would that be wrong? Now, we're in the covenant of marriage. I mean, we're married. What type of door are we opening? There was a message a preacher preached years ago. Um, I can't think of his name, but he preached, who in the hell left the gate open? Mm. If gospel artists are allowed to publicize their quote-unquote struggle, and her struggle is sharing with alcohol is where she is, um, this is her process, if we open that gate, do you know how many gospel artists have varying struggles? Don't even mm. get me started on that. I said that on purpose. I want y'all to lift up the cover and look underneath to what I'm saying. Because a few of you had an image in your mind about someone when I made that statement. Do you mm-hmm. know how crazy it would be if every gospel artist, this is my issue, this is my process. It was a video that went viral some uh, about a year and a half or something ago of a gospel artist, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. bobbing for apples. And I mean, yeah. there wasn't no apples, but they were yeah. bobbing and weaving. They were caught. <laughs> It'd be different. If someone in your close in close proximity, someone you trusted, violated your relationship, violated your trust, and put out information on you, but you putting information out on yourself, what type of of, of, of spirit? I'm gonna tell you this type of spirit. It was a dumb spirit. I didn't know what a dumb spirit was when I read the scriptures about a dumb spirit. <laughs> like that's a dumb spirit. It's a dumb mm-hmm. spirit that you're gonna catch yourself videotape yourself and expose yourself. That's a dumb spirit. That is mm-hmm. a dumb spirit. That's a dumb spirit. If I if I don't know what a dumb spirit is according to biblical times, but I mean that is a dumb spirit. It's like robbing a bank and then sitting outside in front of the bank with the money bags in your hand and then taking selfies to post on Instagram saying, looky, looky, I just robbed the bank. And you didn't even step on the gas and accelerate. Like, you are exposing yourself so that you can't mm. turn around and cry and say, I've been exposed. And one of the beautiful things I would say about Andrea, she, she, she said, I'm not apologizing. I don't feel like I did anything wrong. I was showing my process. She wasn't making uh, excuses for her position. She was actually just the, the issue that I had was not with, per se, her, but all of the little believers that came behind saying it's okay, and they start talking about grace and all of that stuff. I made a statement on Periscope and on Facebook that the bride of Christ is not a whore. Mm, not. Hallelujah. And 
I made that state she, she's not a whore. What we've done and what the church has done is been guilty of is making the church seem like it's a place where you can do whatever you want, that there are no rules, regulation, that Come there's on. no government. And when you make the church seem like there's no rules, no regulations, no government, you find it in the Old Testament, the book of, of Hosea is talking about um, um, the bride of Christ, Israel. They are going back into whoredoms. They are backslidden, and they are, they are enjoying the wages of prostitutes on every threshing floor. And I gave the scripture, uh, scripture reference for that. He was saying the church is running around like a prostitute, and they're on all the floors. The threshing floor was a place where, um, you know, where, where, where they had all the, all the animals coming in and stepping on, 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 on products and things of that sort for sale. They were mm-hmm. saying the prostitutes, the prostitutes of that time would go in to literally enter the man to where the men were working, and they would have sex with the guys on the floor for a little piece, of, for a little quarter or two. Mm-hmm. They did that on the floors because the prostitutes weren't welcome at the house because the women or the wives, they were at the house. So you can't go to the house. You got to get it on the floor. And mm. what the prophet was saying about the bride, he said, you, you guys are laying on the floor like prostitutes, and you're the bride of Christ. Like, you don't even mm. belong here, and you're laying down here, and you're happy about these pennies when you don't even have concern for money because your father takes such good care of you. And okay. what we've done is, and I, and I made the statement that, because we're loose, loose in morals, yeah. loose in values, loose in yeah. standards, loose in who we allow to preach to us, speak to us, prophesy to us, yeah. lay hands on us, minister oh us, to us, sing to us, um, and we just say everything is okay. And mm-hmm. the prostitutes of old, they had solutions. Well, after they had a long night work, if they wanted, to, they wanted to be in that business and they wanted to, you know, generate new clients, after long day work, late days of work, they would boil some hot, scolding water. Mm. They would sit in that water and they would pour a solution in, in that water, some alum. Um, mm. Now, modern day, they still do it. Modern day, they do, they'll do Epsom salt. And what that does is it helps bring you back together again because mm-hmm. you don't have a long night. You done been working and carrying on. And if you, you go to tomorrow... And you still got Monday on you. These folks gonna be in there and ain't gonna know where they are because there's no elasticity. So they will sit down in some some hot scolding water and seal up their day. It's a form of penitence. It's a mm. form of of repentance. So that where I am tomorrow or what I'm doing tomorrow, my today doesn't testify about where I was yesterday. It's a form of my repentance. God. And the church is not a perfect church. The church is is an evolving church. We're a progressive church. But the body of Christ needs to set in some alum because we've become so loose. And we're yes. walking around, and we can't provide comfort. We can't provide solace. We can't provide grace. We can't provide conviction because our walls are loose. I mean, if I didn't know better, I think the Israelites marched around us seven times silent and just laid us down. We might as well get a tramp stamp Jericho on the lower part of our back because the church has mm. no walls. We provide no comfort. We provide mm. no sense of holiness. And the bride of Christ is not a whore. And if we're going to be a whore, the least we could do is sat down into water and bring back a sense of government even after we've lost ourselves for a day or two. My God, my God, Jesus. So my statement to those who were making grace, talking about grace, 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 all of that stuff, shall we continue in sin? Mm. Grace shall abound. God forbid. No. Grace Grace, I'm going to say it this way. You can't say that you're falling when you're winning. A struggle is a struggle only if there's resistance. If Mm. there's no resistance, it's not a struggle. 
Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. did that. That wasn't I a struggle. My, you uh, didn't resist. It's not a struggle. It's not a struggle. And so the body of Christ today, we don't hold strong to barriers. We don't hold strong to resistance. If we continue to say everything's okay, we build no resistance. We have no walls. We are like loose whores. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We you need said, to set our good hinder parts in some alum and tighten up. Yes. You said something that I have been seeing a lot of lately that's irking me to death. Um, people that I don't even think they say he's preaching. Mm-hmm. I just think they got a name, and I don't know where the name comes from. But I, I mean, I'm, I, 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 I don't know what. I don't even know how to properly articulate some of the things that I'm seeing now, and I am. You know, let's talk about and leadership. Let's 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 just go back to the old school. Um, and 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 can you just talk about the importance of accountability? Accountability is vital. It's vital to growth. It's vital to success. Uh, you don't even see. You you see doctors have to go before they just start operating on 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 people. There's a series of things they go through. Even if you have the education, in order for you to have the experience, you can learn it all via textbook, uh, a lot via textbook, but you actually have to have a set of hands and eyes on you that even when you're executing your own unique skill set, your own unique ability, your own unique answer, your own unique calling, you need someone who is more advanced than you, older, whether naturally, spiritually, case may be, to help navigate you through various mm-hmm. cultures, various climates, various people, um, and show you a hands-on approach to what it is that you're doing. Um, not only do you need the skill sets, do you need to be able to know how to utilize your hands, the tools, utensils, you also learn about, learn about yourself. Accountability uh, brings you to a place and brings you to a person where you should be able to, within reason, be naked in front of where they don't just see you for your giftings. They see you as a person and they're mm-hmm. able to help navigate you through your own unique set of challenges and bring a good sense of balance, leadership, directives, and voice um, to help you grow in areas you would not have otherwise grown in if you have not brought yourself into a place of accountability. Uh, accountability helps build your consistency. It helps build um, your consistency and your awareness as well. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of preachers that are that are crazy, and I agree with you. Uh, they're crazy. They're, they're they're psychotic. They're delusional. They're off, and could have worked through some issues if they had accountability. Even uh, Michael Jordan, my great you know basketball players, they mm-hmm. all need a coach, someone to check into, someone to make them come to you know tell them when these are these are training days, uh, these are your your practice sessions. You need to be here. Mm-hmm. Don't eat this. Don't drink this. Uh, make sure you get your rest. They are things that you will only learn if you come to practice. Didn't mean you weren't good in the game before. He was already good. That's what got him, got him uh, the position in the first place. You're good, mm-hmm. but in order for you to be the best, you need to make sure that you're going to practice. And Amen. A practice is not a practice with just players. Practice is practice yeah. because there's a coach. There's someone there for the players to be accountable to. And the same concept 
is, is, is biblical, is sound, and it's wisdom. There are a lot of people that will not make it just because they don't have a system of accountability. You have nobody to report into, so you think you're just, I'm just so powerful. God spoke mm-hmm. to me. That's all I need. Do you know how many people God speaks to? You read Amen. That in, 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 I mean, God will speak to an ass. When God finished yeah. with that ass, the anointing dropped on him. He prophesied. The anointing lifts, and he goes right back to being a regular old ass. Just yeah. because you're powerful doesn't mean that when the power lifts up off of you, you know who you are when that power lifts off? You're just the same old you, just like that ass yeah. is the same old ass. And some people will not deal with you because they only see you as an ass. So no mm. matter how much power you have, people that have power need to realize you're not the only option. Mm. There are so many others. There are many other yous. There's another Cassandra. There's another Leron. There are so many mm-hmm. other parties and so many other people that have power, that can hear God, that can prophesy, yes. that can teach, that can preach, that can do what it is that you do, and they can do it better. The difference Amen. between you and them is having someone who can help make you accountable to teach you things that you would not know if you didn't sit at their feet and at their tutelage. So I'm not just becoming who I am. I'm becoming who I am plus who you are. And all of those elements help me to become more cultured, more temperate. The more I learn from you, the less I have to learn on my own. Amen. Amen. You know what? Um, Talk to us about how important the importance of holiness Mm. Holiness Holiness is right Holiness uh, Here's one of, here's one of the, the um, One of the markers uh, For me personally Because the church I, I was in I, I was in a very strong Teaching ministry And I thank God for it When I came into ministry earlier You know I, I uh, Again I come into the whole you know, Charismatic movement etc and some of the people that I met in ministry, they were about shouting, dancing, sliding across floors. I don't have rhythm. So, I, excuse me, I don't have church rhythm. <laughs> let, me, let me correct that. So, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing that, you know, all that sliding and slipping and sliding and all that, all that carrying on. So um, I understood it, but I just did, it just never worked for me. Remember when I started in church, I thought in my mind it was, you know, it was extra. So, uh a lot of my uh, colleagues in ministry, the church I went to was, it wasn't fun enough for them. We Mm. teach for two hours. And so all of that structure and all of that teaching was embedded in me. And that was really my early first Christian experience. So much of that I still have in order to blend it with a contemporary life that I do live in very casual, just natural, balanced person. I blended that solid teaching with what I do know. So the way I learned holiness was never um, a way that some of them were taught holiness. It was a matter of dress, which was, you know, specifically more towards the women than the men. The women had Mm -hmm. to have nappy hair, no makeup, (laughs) couldn't shave, uh, white stockings, and they weren't on the usher board. Uh, no lipstick, no lashes, no no nothing. You just had to look like you were, you know, pushed out back in the 1800s. You looked like <laughs> like <laughs> Sojourner Truth mixed with a little Harriet Tubman. 
and a whole yes. lot of Frederick Douglass. I mean, you look like yes. that. Yes. And they were miserable, unhappy, and all of them had husbands that wouldn't come to church, and they were cheating on them, and they were drunk. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. drinking. He's drinking because he got to sleep with you. <laughs> and look, I look like female. And you rob these women of their femininity, and then you turn around and bring them over into a more charismatic movement. They get delivered, and you got a lot of them strong, and then you say, why do these women act like men? Well, because you made them look like men. Some of them had mustaches mm. and they wouldn't shave. You know, they're rough around the edges. They got more hair under their underarms than you. Yeah, the man is cheating. He's trying to be with a female. And you have these Christian women going through hell at home because these men are not attracted to their wives because they're so holy and saved. And you are teaching mm. them this, this, this stuff that has nothing to do with holiness. So holiness, for me, as I was taught, was it is a matter of, of lifestyle. Holiness is be ye holy as I am holy. Does Jesus wear white stockings? Is Jesus walking around with big bushy underarms? Have you have you seen the underarms of God? Have you ever seen the underarms of God? I mean, have you, have, have you seen that? Was Jesus hair nappy and looking crazy? Nah. The Bible says his hair was like wool. I mean, it was it's like wool. Like like wool's hair is smooth. He did something. Now he was without form of comeliness that any should desire him. Physically, he was not like you know. Morris Chestnut or Brad Pitt or whatever, but that was his genetic makeup. It wasn't he was just looking nasty or or, or mm-hmm. ratchet. He mm-hmm. <laughs> took pride in himself. So holiness mm-hmm. is not a lifestyle. Holiness really is a matter of it's a matter of your heart. It's a matter of bringing your heart of God's word, not bringing God's word to no standard or making His word comply with your choices. Holiness mm. is doing it God's way according to God's word. Amen. And Amen. that's how that's how I learned holiness. By the time I saw some of this other stuff, I was like, "Oh no, holiness does not mean holiness." <laughs> you know yeah. what? You messed me up. I still got you know you you got me messed up with the bushy underarm hair. I'm, I'm <laughs> I mean, it's true. But you know what? You said something though that I had never thought about that is so relevant. That um, some women, you know, we do take their femininity away, um, you know, at, at West. We, because um, we get so caught up in being, um, I got to be, you know, two times as good as, you know, mm-hmm. especially with and, and, and being in ministry, that we Absolutely. stop being feminine, you know. Yes, um, yes. And, and I and it's, never it's thought true. about that just said that that that's a good point yeah um and that's something to certainly think about especially if you yeah. desire the office of marriage absolutely you know and that yeah, um that's true and, and women, I mean, that, women in ministry such get a such a bad rap statement. you know that women get such a bad rap yeah you know and i mean and it that is, is so profound <laughs> that we're so busy and there's nothing wrong with pursuing the things of god but we get it twisted sometimes and um, because, you know, I, I, I'm going to say this, and I know somebody goes, whatever. You know how people say, you know, I don't need nobody but Jesus. Okay, that's cool. Please. I ain't mad at you. No, you but I'm, 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 mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm going to need a little something else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Listen. It's, <laughs> you know. Are, now, are, they, are people commenting? Are they? Are the lines open? Are people going to comment? Or are they online somewhere commenting or making commentary about <laughs> our broadcast? They, I, I can't see it. Um, you can't say okay. That's what I was wondering. Because when if okay. I ha- if I go to come, I have to switch out of the screen I'm in, 
And I'm so new that if I switch out the screen, I'm so, I'm scared something bad gonna happen. Oh no, 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 don't don't switch out. They tell them, if you're on your listening, you just write on Facebook, write on write in a group or wherever y'all write somewhere. Put it on our on our timelines on our walls or whatever. But um, to that to that point, um, and I think it's just important to say, uh, so many women, even in ministry, especially now where um, you see more women in ministry that that are evolving. You know, we we're not in 20 years ago where it was rare to have. Um, you know, a female preacher, mm-hmm. and so many of them get a bad rap, and they say, "Well, these women preach like men." Well, you spent so much time turning them into men. Yeah. You spent so much time trying to make them conform to an image of, of 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 masculinity, and the examples for women have been predominantly male preachers. If you're in that in a certain age bracket, your your pastor was a male. You didn't have as many female pastors and female leaders mm-hmm. as you do now. So that female pastor had to look up to another male and maybe yeah. someone, a female minister under her looks to her female pastor, not knowing her female pastor was looking towards a male. And so now you have these women that are so masculine that by the time you see them, it's like, Rah! you know, you don't know if they want a male <laughs> or female. Half of them, you yeah. know, they're like, they, they, they lesbians. Yeah, they're lesbians. They're lesbians because you made them lesbians. You made women look at them and you opened them up to a whole nother sphere of, of lifestyle and living plan on because, Regular folks, men ain't looking at them because these women can't compete with the magazine image and all this other, these other things that are going on or the image that is, that is you know, oh. created on television because I got to look like I'm saved. I have to have this look or this image. So holiness was presented as it's an exterior versus it being interior, something interior. And so those oh. women look at a female that is feminine and say she's Jezebel, she's a whore, she's mm-hmm. feminine, but... These holiness women, either you look like a man or you're pregnant and you mm-hmm. keep on popping out illegitimate children and they keep having to move you down south, down to grandma's house because yeah. those are your options. But long mm-hmm. skirts come up just as fast as the short ones do. Show enough. So Show you enough. almost leave them with no other option. I, I, I got to be a whore or lesbian. I got so my. you rob women of their femininity, and at the same time, yet a lot of these people, these men, told these women, look like a man because they wanted a man in the first place. So they got mm. you making sure your hair is nappy, and now you got all these gay, more gays and homosexual in ministry, and more lesbians in ministry because the men didn't want the women because the women look like men, <laughs> and it was better looking men than it was women. So now you got <laughs> him, <laughs> you got him over there running after him. Because that man wearing tight clothes, and you, it got things uh-huh. mixed up, messed up, and, and, and crazy. And a lot of that comes from misappropriating and improperly teaching on holiness. My God. Let me ask if, if you. You dated back to holiness. Let me ask you this. Yes. Um, according to your observations, what doctrines do you think need special emphasis right now? Ooh. Salvation. Salvation. Mm. The doctrine of salvation, just plain old salvation. I say that mm. because we have a generation of, of churchgoers that know the organization but don't know the organism. They know their way around the church. Like Isaiah, this is Isaiah's problem. And um, uh, when you read the book of Isaiah, um, he knows the administrative detail of the church, but he doesn't know God for himself. 
So the scripture says it was until King Uzziah died. And Isaiah said, that's when I saw the Lord. So all the time prior, you've been in the temple, you've been working around the church, walking around the church, involved, active, assumed ministry role as he did, but didn't know God, didn't know him for yourself, um, didn't know him, and, and, you know, just don't know him. And salvation is missing. When you know who Jesus Christ is for yourself, that helps to eliminate uh, a lot of things that it's so easy to get caught up in. And uh, what's sad is find that part of the reason, a great part of the reason, I believe, in my observation, that salvation is um, bypassed, doctrine of salvation, is because we have dismissed the role of teachers. Mm. We don't want to be taught. We're not yielded to teaching. Somebody teaches, we're like, oh, they ain't got no power. We're like, the teachers, they need some fire. They need some power. You know, we, we want that emotional response. We want to, mm-hmm. you know, we want to shake and quake and tremble, and we don't give teaching time. We don't give teaching time, uh, and that teaching is what builds foundation. So you have a culture of people who are scripturally illiterate, biblically illiterate. They have no knowledge of, of, of just basic salvation. They're not even saved. Uh, and I say, love their church, don't love God, and don't even know. Mm, my God. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Don't even um, know. What have you been learning about God in the last year? Whew. In the last year. Mm-hmm. Let's say uh, one thing I've learned about God that I would say would be that when God doesn't respond to you by saying something new, it is because what he said to you last, you still need to execute. You still need to do. Mm. So when he's not saying or speaking to you about tomorrow, it's because it's still something that you need to do that he told you yesterday. You know, it's like, you know, when you, you would ask, I was coming up, my mom would make chicken. I'd say, Mama, well, I'd say my grandmother. My mother would. We would get, we can get our own. She's a little more liberal than grandma. We would say, Grandma, I want some more chicken. We love my grandma's fried chicken. And so we'd say, I want some more chicken. I want some more chicken. And my grandmother would come. She'd say, boy, it's still some more meat on this bone. And my grandmother, you know, she was from, you know, down deep down south. My mm-hmm. grandmother would clear everything off the chicken bone. And so she would say, all this meat on the bone, you're not getting any chicken until you finish what's on the bone. She would bend later and then take that same chicken and say, here, go, go on and have a piece of chicken, because she knew she could make an entire meal off of what I left on the bone. Jesus. And she'd be good. And same concept applies. There's still some meat on the bone from the word God gave you or gave us in 2014, executed and done. So while I'm asking God, show me this, show me that, he keeps taking me back to the future. Do mm. what I told you to do. Your, your next answer is in your last response, is in my last response. Mm. My God. Jesus. I like how you put that. I like how you put that. Um, mm-hmm. So would you say then, if he's not saying anything, that mm-hmm. you might want to ask him to? Ask him to say something? 
I said if he's um, so would you say if someone is on the line maybe seeking God, fasting and praying or whatever, he's not saying anything, you know, do mm-hmm. this, do that. Would you suggest they go back and ask him to what did I not do? Absolutely. Absolutely. If he's not saying anything, lean on what it is that he last told you. The last word that he said to you, there's still some strength in that that you need to get and that you need to gain. Lean on what he said to you last. Lean on what he said to you last. And your prayer should absolutely be, what is it that I have not done? Where do we go from here? Because you cannot embrace the next chapter of your life when you have not gotten all the details from that that previous chapter, which you've already done. He could force you to repeat the cycle and repeat the entire chapter over again, but he gives you that waiting space, that waiting period, that time in between for you to process and to gain that knowledge, to gain that sense to say, there's something that I'm missing. You're, you're too close to what's coming to go all the way back into what's been. So he, it's almost like he inches you into it and said, you're, 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 like, you're like a breath away from where you mm. need to be. It's just two more steps that you need to go to, and you're so close to the exit that, you know, you stopping right here would be crazy. So I'm not going to make you, you know, you can't put it in reverse. You're on the highway. <laughs> you put it in reverse. <laughs> You're going to cause a major accident. Your mm-hmm. only choice is to go forward, and I don't want you to get out of your vehicle in frustration because you're too close to what you're looking for to start over from scratch. But if you sit here and just think about what he last said to you and what was going on and whatever it is you need to clean up, fix, correct, nullify, handle it, and move on so you can go to your next, to your next stop. Mm, 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 mm. Amen. Now that's a rich word. That is a rich word because so many times um, I talk to people and they and I say, well, what does God say about it? Um, I'm surprised how many people tell me. I don't know why I'm surprised that you know He's not saying anything or um, I'm waiting for Him to answer. And I'm like, hmm, because sometimes He answers me and I don't be done saying nothing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, I be, I might be thinking something in my head, and he'll answer. I'm like, wait a minute, I just was kind of processing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's that's good information. Let me ask you um, one of my favorite questions to ask um, people of the gospel: What feeds your soul? What feeds my soul? Um, yeah. Well, of course, I say the word of God feeds my soul. Of course, I'd say that. Um, but reading, um, for me, a good leader is a good reader. So I read and I read everything. And, um, part of reading, it could be something very simple, but the more your, 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 your mind is open and the more you're given to information and all information needs to be filtered. All information needs to be checked. And, you know, I, I don't recommend everybody to read everything, mm-hmm. but the more when you when you know God, you know God's word. God's word, the word literally is speech, conversation, language, communication. Um, 
um, you know, as a man thinks, so is he, it communicates the mind of God. So when you read a book, a book, material, it communicates the mind of its creator. Um, it, 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 it mirrors some type of a pattern of thought. And those thoughts, whether those thoughts be right or wrong or in between somewhere, it directs me back to a thought of God's. All of that stimulates my mind. It stimulates my, my core stimulates my being somewhere somehow, and I filter that and then eat the meat, throw away the bones. Mm -hmm. But that is um, part of, you know, what, what, what feeds me, what keeps me going, what keeps me moving. Amen, amen. And I'm glad to hear you say um, how important reading is because um, when I was in seminary school, at first – you know, I used to listen to stuff people would say, you know, about mm-hmm. seminary school and stuff like that. You know, um, when you go to seminary school, you don't need to all this other stuff. You know, you, and, you know, you get to listen to all that stuff, and then you get in that situation, you understand why you don't read the Bible in seminary school. Um, mm-hmm. Because you need to be able to defend your faith, so you need to know what else is out there. You know, what, what, what exactly. are the different religions and the different things that come against what we believe. Um, and Absolutely. so I'm glad to hear you say reading because I still read a lot. I still read a lot because these days, what I'm, one of the things I'm seeing is it's getting harder to reach people. So I'm always mm-hmm. reading stuff about um, people that don't come to church anymore, um, people that have left ministries, um, young people and stuff like that because I'm really interested um and church revitalization, you know, and, mm-hmm. and 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 the hearts and minds of people. And so I'm always looking for more information um, about why we do the things we do. And so I'm glad to hear you say reading because reading is one of the things that we just do not do anymore. Mm-hmm. And And that, the word, communication, all of that. One of the focuses that I do, even in my, my social media, my the hails and mm-hmm. my Periscope videos, et cetera, um, is all intentional. Who I am in the pulpit is very different than who I am in social media. Mm-hmm. In Paul's day, Paul spoke, you know, at least, what, 13 different languages he spoke mm-hmm. that were recorded. And he did not – he was not just fluent in – you know, Greek, Hebrew, he, 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 he flowed. So yes. I speak social media. <laughs> My social media yes. language is intentional. It's targeted. Because I'm in this generation, in this culture, with a new communicative medium, I can't come on like every other pastor and just throw up a scripture, Jesus wept, and all of that stuff. When I see it as a pastor myself, a lot of times it's dry, not that the word of mm-hmm. God is dry. The approach is yes. dry. The appeal is dry. It's common. So when I make a speech or make a statement, the reason that it travels the way that it does, I mean, if I make a statement now, even if I went on and, and just put a scripture up, if I put a scripture up now, you know, I would have multiple errors, et cetera, something simple because yes. I make sure that I give, you know, that I'm fluent in speech in varying languages. So, on a day of social media, then my prayer may be, what is it that needs to be said today? All of that is filtered through prayer, 
discernment, I use my other gifts as leverage to help me determine what needs to go out today. If I hit it, yeah. I hit it right, it's going to gain momentum and it's going to travel quick, fast, and in a hurry. That generates doors, opportunities, interviews, mm-hmm. uh, preaching platforms, other, everything else, because people say, I love your language, how you communicate. It draws, it grabs. I'm yes. just using the language of social media to communicate a message to make it gain momentum. And where a lot of people fail to, to make that, to make it work for them, is because they don't put any type of ingenuity or creativity in what they're saying. So when people see it, it's common. It doesn't have yeah. any stick out of itness. Yeah. So when I'm communicating, I'm in communicating on purpose, intelligibly, and I'm saying something intelligent in a way that's very casual, but it's gripping. I want my words to be reading a novel or reading a book. You're not there. You're a novel reader. You know, some of those scenes in there, like, and I, and I, I learned later on in marriage, like, you know, men, you know, we watching porn, but women are reading those books. And they're like, oh, when I read these words, I just send mm-hmm. me somewhere like, the, oh, my God. And then such and such, you're like, what are you talking about? And so mm-hmm. women have just have a little bit different way that they just match their guilty pleasure. And we're like, what is that stupid book? Get that book out of here. Not knowing that, you know, what you create with words, is worse than what we've seen and paid nineteen ninety nine for and putting the brand down around the bag. And y'all doing worse than us riding on a train, reading them books. Uh-huh. So my language and the language is, is geared to intentionally draw and to make a visual image in the head of someone and to also create an appetite, a craving. So they'll inbox this, when is the next time you're posting? Or now since I've come into this periscope thing, People in, but when is the next time you're doing a Periscope video? I need a video because you're creating an appetite. When you create that appetite for it, people have a hunger for you. You know, people, people send me seeds. They'll send me a piece of, send me change, send me money right through my little app. I want to send you a seed for this word, that word, because that craving, when you create a craving or an appetite, if you like steak, every once in a while you need red meat. So you want them Mm -hmm. to come and say, I got to go here. Sandra's broadcast tonight because I created an appetite so that yeah. I know that me hearing your broadcast is not optional. It's, ne- it's necessary for my growth and for my development. You want people to be hungry for what you're serving. If, you're not, if they're not hungry for what you're serving, then something's wrong with the restaurant. Amen. Amen. Woo! Mm-mm-mm. Let me ask you this. If you, if, if there's a pastor or, or church leader that um, would love to be more active on social media but don't have a clue what to do, what would you suggest they do? I would suggest, if you don't know what to do, I would suggest that you reach out to, um, well, first thing you need to do, if you ask yourself, do you want to do it? Ask yourself, number one, do you want to do it, and how committed are you to the process? Um, I had someone recently to ask me for my um, assistance, and that's something that I've, I've actually taught. Matter of fact, I taught mm-hmm. over in, in England. Um, I'm a regional director for Bishop John Francis over in England, so I sat in a room of about 300 pastors and leaders from the U.S., England, the China, Hawaii, all over teaching on social, social media uh, communications. 
and rebranding yourself. If you don't have an image on social media, if you don't have a presence on social media in this day and time, your ministry is darn near dead. Mm. Dead. Mm. Dead. Dead. And so you need some type of presence going out. I didn't say it's the only medium, but right now one of the first things people do is go to your social media page because they want to check you out. They want to hear you. If they're hungry for you and they come to your restaurant and you're not serving, they're not coming back. When Jesus came to the fig tree, he was hungry, just come off a fast, went there for figs, couldn't find anything to eat. He said, you know what? Bleep, 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 Curse the tree. All right? Curse the tree. Y'all catch that later. He cursed the tree. I'm hungry. You're a fig tree, but you're not delivering. And so I came to you. I reached out to your page. I looked out because I saw an image of you from a distance, mm-hmm. came over because I wanted more from this image. And when I came, you had no product to give me. So be it mm. you. There are people that may want to connect with you, and they see you from a distance. They're interested. They're attracted. And when they get there, they're like, huh? And they're like, beep, yeah. beep, 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 this beep, 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 Don't have a beep, 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 Curse you. And then the fig tree withered up and died. There are a lot of ministries right now in 2015 that are dying. You have great power, no presence, and you're yeah. withering up and you're dying. Do you think that Jesus went to bed hungry? Heck no, he ain't go to bed hungry. He found <laughs> plan B because plan A wasn't working. How many people in ministry were someone's plan A, and then we make others choose a default because you weren't working? Mm. There are a lot of people in ministry who, are not, who aren't saved who are preaching right now, and the reason them demons are preaching is because yes. plan B makes sure that their stuff is together. I mean, people who don't have it are marketing themselves better than the ones who do. The ones who don't have it won't shut up. The ones that do have it are saying, I'm going to wait on God. And God, like, you waiting on me, I'm waiting on your happy crap. Yes. You're messing up the plan. And so what you're doing is we are responsible for creating – a lot of the people that we see in these platforms, and then we cry and say they're in our door. They're in your door because you weren't ready for it. If you were there, they wouldn't be. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And so ask yourself, are you ready and how committed are you to the process? Now, here's one problem. I'll, I'll say this, and I told uh, the person who asked me for, for mentoring last week, and I, they asked me for mentoring. As I said, you're going to pay for it because I'm not even willing to have a conversation with you. <laughs> about your readiness because what you don't invest in, you're not committed to. And mm-hmm. I'm not giving you this free. So here's the how committed are you? When you have that commitment to it, here's the thing. When there are new apps or a new trend that's going on, make sure that you're up on that new trend. For instance, Facebook is, is, is still interesting. It's losing its, its, its grip. Yes. People jumped on Twitter. So when Twitter mm-hmm. was created, Twitter, Twitter, more people start jumping on Twitter. So for me, I like Facebook because Facebook, I made a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money and a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of connections on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Half my travel schedule, and I'm sometimes gone on, on travel, you know, sometimes at least about, mm, I'd say between six to ten times a month in a different city, somewhere else, somewhere going on. And mm-hmm. I'd say about a good 50 to 60 percent of that has come through Facebook, if not directly, somehow indirectly, you know, however it's happened, a lot of those connections have been via Facebook. So 
Twitter was not appealing to me because I've made zilch zero and done little to nothing on Twitter. So I don't really utilize Twitter, but my following on Twitter is so different than my following on Facebook. Facebook mm-hmm. now are for, as they say, it's for old people. <laughs> they <are> Twitter <laughs> for younger crew. So Facebook with the older people, you know, in order to, to, to gel into, in that environment, you know, I stay on there because, you know, I, you know, I appeal to that culture, but then to Twitter mm-hmm. on Twitter, um, you know, me as a, as, as a mentor and they see me as a person been in, at 35 is old in ministry. It's like dog years. It's like, I've been following your ministry for years. Like I would love to connect with you and you get like, you know, 100 something words on Twitter yeah. to have communication back and forth. And like, I can't believe you retweeted me or whatever on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but Twitter helps keep your name alive. And those sorts of, I had to go on there every once in a while and tweet something or post a picture um, but I didn't jump on Twitter in the beginning. If I was on Twitter in the beginning, my numbers would be stronger or greater, but I came on late. So now mm-hmm. everybody has established these other type of relationships. So for some, Twitter does all they need to do, so they don't even come to Facebook. Then Instagram. Instagram, yes. you just post a picture, and people, you know, go on there. Instagram is all about the hashtags that you make, hashtag, all that stuff. Instagram is not as interesting to me. Facebook is where it's at. However, mm-hmm. Periscope, Periscope has become um, what Facebook has been to me. So Periscope, I've been on for maybe three weeks, maybe three to four weeks, something like that now. And Periscope has been a blessing to me. This is the second app that has, has mirrored or mimicked, or I can see mimicking what Facebook has done. So Periscope is now interesting because it appeals to me in a different way and, um, uh, for those of you, it's still, it's still fresh and new. People are still coming on. Get yourself a Periscope account. You may be dead on Facebook, but Periscope is like your own personal revival. Get yeah. on that Periscope and allow – some people are more interesting to see than they are to read. You know, perhaps some of y'all can't even spell that well or spell that great. Maybe that's why <laughs> you don't do much of Facebook. Get on Periscope. Periscope may be perfect for your personality. You may be bubbly. If you are a, a preacher, you're in ministry, and, you know, you talk funny or you're real, you know, you're, you're, people say your voice is crazy, whatever it is that you have, if you wear crazy-looking clothes, if you, whatever, Periscope can work for you and all of the quirky things about you that, that, that make whatever, that is the place where you can go, allow whatever your unique differences are to shine, come about, whatever the case may be, Get on there and create new networks, draw new attention, and then perhaps people can love you in another network or in another outlet after they've come to know you better through this app. It's new. It's trending. You should get on, get an account, add myself uh, on Periscope, uh, A-T-K-N-U-P, Atkinup is my name on Periscope. Find me on there and, um, you know, figure out how it works and bring yourself, bring yourself alive. And you know what? That is so true because I love Periscope. I am, you know, I'm one of those people when something new comes out concerning social media, I'm going to try it at least once. I'm Okay, so I'm really mm-hmm. going to try it like times, you know, just to mm-hmm. see. Um, and I love Periscopes and I love the response I get um, mm-hmm. from Periscopes. Like you said, it is a valuable, valuable, valuable ministry tool. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and it has the ability to completely um, – 
turn someone's ministry around. I mean, it's it's. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I love everything about it. It's eight oh four. I know we got to get out of here, but I don't ever 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 like to leave the air without giving people an opportunity to um, get in touch with you. How can people find you? How can they get in touch with you? Let's see. You could find me. Well, um, you asked me something about my new moves. I am currently in the DMV area, Washington D.C., but. My next transition, or this transition I have coming up, I will be moving to uh, West Palm, Florida. What? So this is my newest venture. Yes, I'm moving to Florida. I'm going to Florida. I'm out of here. And I will actually be starting uh, a ministry there. Lord told me to told me to go, told me to move on. I, I'm out of here. And uh, I'll be, you know, starting a work in Florida. So if any of y'all guys in Florida, look me up. I'll be there. Um, so we're getting all that stuff redone and, and ready for this next transition and um you know it's still in some some regards a secret but i'll tell you guys because i can trust you so <laughs> you catch me there <laughs> facebook you follow me on facebook um l-e capital r-o-n last name atkinson a-t-k-i-n-s-o-n to follow me there now um periscope again my name on periscope instagram and twitter is atkin up a is in Apple, T is in Tom, K is in King, N is in Nancy, U is in Umbrella, P as in Periscope. Um, Atkin Up is my uh, screen name on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, where did I say? Periscope. Um, mm-hmm. If you're on Facebook, Periscope Tabernacle is the name of my group on, on, on Facebook. So you can jump in there and uh, get a load of, of some, 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 some special stuff that goes on in, in, in that group. So you can find me there. And, uh, you know, stay in touch. Amen. Um, and, and also, um, I don't ever like to close out the show without having the guest of honor to pray. Um, would you pray for us tonight, please? I absolutely will. Is there anything specific that you would Mm-mm. like me to pray about that, that opens your eyes or anything? Nope. Just just, just no. allow you to. I want to pray in a specific direction tonight for direction and uh, and revival. I feel heavily in my spirit um, the need to pray concerning uh, revival. You know, we've talked a bit about it, uh, personal revival, ministry revival, uh, self-revival, soul revival. So I want to, I want to pray in that direction. Father, I thank Hallelujah. you tonight. For this broadcast I thank you for this host I thank you for the listeners Thank Thank you that we're in a season of of transition And you're God enough to bring us Into this season You're God enough to bring us into this hour You're God enough to bring us into this moment You're God enough to bring us into this time You're God enough to allow this meeting to take place You're God enough to allow This interview to take place You're God enough to lead the listeners to listen tonight Father I thank you right now For giving direction your word declares that the steps of a good man have been ordered by the Lord. We thank you for ordered steps. We thank you for governed steps. We ask you, Father, to revive us, revive our mind, revive our dreams, revive our hope, revive our passion, revive our drive, revive our ingenuity, revive our creativity, revive our goals, regard, re- revise our aspirations, our assets, revive our faith. There's someone that's listening on this line whose faith is dead there's someone who's on this line whose faith is in a coma. 
We thank you tonight, Father, for resurrection power. We ask you, Father, to resurrect us, resurrect our hope, our dreams, our aspirations, even resurrect our callings. There are some that have buried their callings. They put their mission to the side. They've put what you showed them to the side. But, Father, we thank you right now for sending a reminder, a refresher to what you last said. Thank you for getting their joy back, their peace back, their hope back, their incentive back, their desire back, their passion back, their fire back. I thank you for personal revival that is taking place even on this call right now. I pray that the power of conviction goes back into us where we cannot quit if we wanted to. Thank you, Father, as you did for Jeremiah. That even in moments where we felt like quitting and throwing in the towel, Father, that your word would quicken within us. We thank you right now that it would be like fire shut up in our bones. Send us back to our assignments. Put us back on course, back on course, back on track, back in focus, back in alignment. Father, I thank you right now for divine direction, divine directives that are taking place. Thank you for godly wisdom, godly counsel, godly leadership, godly government. Father, some of us have become loose. In our thoughts, loosen our thinking, loosen our decision-making. Father, thank you right now for the alum. Tighten us back up again. Tighten us back up in our word. Tighten us back up in prayer. Tighten us back up in our discipline. Father, we thank Thank you right now that you are our great coach. You're our leader. You're our pastor. You're the bishop of our souls. Wheel us back in, Father. The enemy has tried to distract us, tried to detour us, tried to lead us in a different way, but bring us back into holiness Bring us back into perspective. Bring us back into your word. Father, chastise us, rebuke us, correct us, wheel us back in. Father, don't let us be like lambs fit toward the slaughter, Father, but bring us back in. Don't let the clutches of wolves gather us. Don't let them eat us. Don't let them devour us, but bring us right back in. Father, I thank you right now for restoration of ministry. There's someone that is listening on this line that is ready to quit everything. Father, I thank you for new networks. I thank you for new drive, new vision, new wisdom. Father, I thank you right now for breathing back into our furnace and putting us on fire all over again. I give you glory for what you're getting ready to do. I thank you right now, Father, for giving us dreams and vision all over again. Thank you for opening up the blind eyes, even of leadership. Father, we have gone to bed seeing men as trees. But, Father, I thank you right now that our eyes are going to open. We will see men as men. Show us the money. Show us the network. Show us the resources. Show us exactly who to partner with. Show us exactly who to connect with. Open up our eyes, our ears. Show us everything that we need to see for this next dimension, for this next realm. Show us where the favor is. Lead us to where the favor is. I cancel out fear. I cancel depression. I cancel oppression. In the name Hallelujah. of Jesus, I cancel weight gain. I cancel stress. I cancel thank sleepless you. nights. Father, I thank, thank you right now. There's some authors that are on this line. I cancel out the writer's block. I command your thank pen to start moving. In the thank name you. of Jesus Christ, the mighty God, go back to working on your book. Go back to writing thank out the rest of the movie, the scripts, the plays, the actors. Thank you right thank now. You. I command favor to find you and to follow you. Goodness and mercy to follow us all the days of our life. Thank you right now for favor in the earth realm. We got favor up above, but give us favor down here. Thank you right now, Father, for what you're doing, for doors you're, the doors you're closing. In the name Thank of Jesus, you. I give your name the glory and the honor. Amen. 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 Oh, God, Pastor Atkinson, you have really blessed my soul tonight. Well, hallelujah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I am I am. You didn't ask this, but I am humble. I am, as they say, humble. I'm humble. 
Well, Thank good. you. We want you to come back and join us, okay? I would love to. I would love to. Thank you so much. Bless you. Well, you guys, that's another episode of Fully Persuaded by Faith in the Can. I hope you enjoyed um, lessons about leadership, keeping it real, keeping it holy, um, from Pastor Le'Ron Atkinson. Please share it on your social media pages. Um, please um, put in the comment section. Um, I know that he shared some really good information. He blessed my soul. He had me taking notes. Y'all know how I do. Anyway, um, I love you all. And until next Monday, Let you know how we get out of here. Hi, everybody. When your name is called, prove the doubters wrong. God, you're still mine. And strong So fight this battle for me And help my unbelief So I can tell all my friends You won again That you have won again Let your power Every time they lied on me, God, God.